Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. But woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied round their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. He replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant ploughing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, Come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, Prepare my supper, get yourself ready, and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Luke 17, beginning with verse 1. Then he, meaning Jesus, said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come. What does the word impossible mean? Not our first GPS used to tell us when we were over the speed limit and having lived overseas I love to set it on the metric system and it speaks with the British accent 500 meters turn right you're over the speed limit and one day a vet was driving we were in North Carolina in the Smoky Mountains and occasionally he would say you're over the speed limit so I chimed in, you're being impossible. 
So days later, we're telling someone about our GPS, keeping us safe from getting tickets. She said, yeah, if you don't slow down fast enough, he tells you you're being impossible. So it was not impossible to fool my wife. It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. So offenses are going to come, but being the offender is not a good thing. Would you say that? It would be better for him if a millstone, the lower millstone in those days, weighed about 90 pounds. Depending on the mill, there could be an upper millstone, which is around 14 to 16 pounds. Trying to swim with a 90-pound weight on you. Can you imagine? It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. How we treat children is so important. We offend them. It does damage for a lifetime. It's, it's not good, and the Lord takes it personally. Take heed to yourselves. In other words, when you get offended, be careful, and be careful you're not an offender. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Can you say command? This is a command. This is a command. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. In other words, this is hard to believe. This is hard to swallow. Increase our faith. Don't you know they had opportunities to apply this? You know, being away from their families, being together for three and a half years with the Lord. <laughs> they got to do their homework on the job. Increase our faith. So the Lord said, and here's his answer. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted into the sea, and it would obey you. So it's not the faith that needs to be increased. It's the operating of the faith that needs to be increased. If you just have a little bit of faith, you can say to a mulberry tree, those are known for deep roots, be pulled up and be planted in the sea, it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all those things which you were commanded, say, quote, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. What's he talking about? We're commanded to forgive. And when we do, this is basic necessity of being a follower of Jesus. When you forgive, you don't need a merit badge, a goofy badge, or a trophy. Everybody doesn't get a trophy in this. We forgive. We've done what was our duty. Our duty is to represent the Lord, and we are to forgive. If we don't, guess what will happen? We'll eventually become offenders. Think of the times when you've intentionally been offensive. Probably you were offended. Look at our current world. These crazy shootings. 
Is it guns? Is it the law? Is it regulations? What is it? It's offended people doing offensive things. And the world has no answer on what to do with an offense. Go to counseling, get on drugs, when meanwhile they need to have faith like a mustard seed and speak to the situation and become obedient servants and forgive people. That's it. No, the world's full of offenses and they're spreading their offenses, hoping to infect others. We want to be the lights in this dark world, don't we? You know, I venture to offend some people by bringing this up, but, you know, a lot of people are concerned about Russians interfering in our election. I say the damage is done. If they sowed seeds of discord in the last election, and social media being what it is, we've already been trained. And now the virus is there, never to be removed. They don't have to do another thing. So be careful with the things you forward. Fact check stuff. Fake news is a problem. Be careful you're not the one promoting it. And walk a life unoffended. So likewise, when you've done all the things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. So Jerusalem is in Judea, the capital. And then north of Jerusalem is Samaria and Galilee. And so he goes right down the middle in, through Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a certain village, there he met ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. So they, they're outside the village, and they stand far away. They were required by law to do this further away from you if they were upwind from you because leprosy was considered contagious and was in many cases and not so far away from you if they were downwind from you. So they're a distance from them and they lift up their voices. They yell so they can be heard and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Save us. Have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so as they went, they were cleansed. So as they obeyed his word, they were healed. Now, the Torah, the law said, if you think you're a cure of leprosy, do not re-enter society till you've been verified to be healed by a priest. And there were certain qualifications given to see whether or not leprosy was gone. Application today, if you think you're healed, verify it with a doctor. Well, a prophet told me to throw away my insulin. Don't you do it, but verify it with a doctor. And if he did, then get rid of it in a safe place. So it was as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15, and one of them, when he saw he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. Hallelujah, praise the Lord and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him, Jesus, thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And he was a Samaritan. Oh. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? 
And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, the word there for well is a word sozo. Your faith has saved you. To be saved is to be made whole. It's great to be cleansed, but it's even better to be whole. His faith was one that resulted in thanksgiving, thankfulness. Now let's cut these other lepers some slack. They've got to make this long journey to Jerusalem to be verified that they're healed. They're already healed, but they still have to fulfill the law to do it. The Lord told them to. And then they've got to make the long journey back. And then who's going to give them back the years they lost because of this disease? Right? So they're overly excited. But the Samaritan, those who are forgiven much, love much, didn't know the law, didn't heed the law as well as the Jewish guys, was most grateful and returned to the source of his healing, giving honor and glory to God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you'd speak to us from your word in such a way that we apply it to every single area of our life, the way we talk, the way we listen, the way we see, the way we perceive, the way we walk, and the way we behave. Lord, may this be a word that does not result in behavior modification, but a word that results in heart transformation as we hear the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to Unoffendable, our series where we're talking about offenses and what to do with them. Last week, we talked about the way to stay free of offenses the way to live a life that is not encumbered by what has happened to you. And we talked about the facts, that we're going to be offended, that there's going to be many offenses, and that we must be careful with ourselves to make sure we're not offenders. We talked about the faith, that if we had faith, we could speak to a mulberry tree and will obey us. We can speak to the situation so that it does not take root in our hearts. I've done this many, 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 many times. Made a conversation where somebody said something and the conversation got interrupted so the statement didn't get completed and uh, so I'm left hanging. So do I choose to be offended or do I not choose? Well, I could go to the person and say, "Do do you mean what you said? And if I need to, I would and do. But sometimes I just speak to myself, say, Alan, look, you know that person loves you. They didn't mean it to come out the way it did. Don't put a negative spin on this and filter out contradicting facts. Look at the whole picture. This, you're being tempted to believe a lie and preach the truth to yourself, and that tree doesn't grow in my heart. And then we talked about the fight that we must fight to forgive. We must fight to be forgiven because we don't want this thing getting in us. Today, we want to talk about truths that we need to know. In rebuking his people through the prophet Hosea, God used him mightily through his marriage to an unfaithful wife named Gomer. Any ladies named Gomer in the house? Nobody names their daughters Gomer anymore. And through him, he said this about his people. He said, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed 
for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. What we don't know can hurt us. What we don't know can hurt us. So here we go, the things we need to know. Some of it will be review if you were here last week, but stay with me. Review is good. Repetition is the, is the mother of learning, and it will build a foundation for going forward. We're going to walk through the text, these 19 verses. Know, first thing we need to know, truths we need to know, this is true. Know that offenses are going to come. Verse 1, it is impossible that no offenses should come. It's going to happen. Well, I just can't believe she did that. I can't believe he didn't do that. I just can't believe. Oh, really? We need to be more like Jesus. He knew what was in man. Therefore, he didn't trust every man. Because he knew we were sinners, right? 1 Corinthians 1 in communicating the mercy and love of God, says this about us, which is not complimentary, but it's a truth, so I hope it doesn't offend you. He says, in the kingdom, not many of us are noble, not many of us are mighty. Doesn't say not any, just says not very many, not many. What does that mean? It means most of us are idiots. So when one of us does an idiotic thing, do we really need to go into shock and say, I can't believe, and get on the phone? Can you believe she? Can you believe he? Can you believe they? It's par for the course. The first year I was pastor, um, I went camping with my family at Meridian State Park. Who's ever been there? It's a nice little park, nice little lake. It's really a pond, but it's sweet. And I'm teaching my little boy, Zane, to skip rocks. We're skipping rocks. And I start talking to the Lord as we're skipping rocks. So, Lord, i got to be honest with you. I've always wanted to be a pastor, and here it is. But something's wrong. It, 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 it's, I'm not having any fun. It's, it's. And three words came to the surface of my heart. Who knows the Holy Spirit will remind you of things you know. So you take the word in, give the, give the Holy Spirit something to remind you of. These three words, it's, like, it's almost like he wrote them across my heart. The three words were, people are sinners. That's all the Holy Spirit reminded me of. And like dominoes, all my defenses, all my questions were answered by that. It was people issues that I was troubled with. People are sinners. Okay. That's what they do best. Okay. If they weren't sinners, why would Jesus have ever died on the cross? Okay. Why would we need a church if people weren't sinners? Why would churches need leadership if people weren't sinners? Peace came. I was never troubled with those questions ever again. So... We need to know that offenses are going to come. Sometimes people are going to be offensive. Second truth we need to know is we need to know it is important to not become offended. It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they come. Why is it important for us not to become offensive by the offenses that are impossible to stop? 
Because you get locked down. You get shut down. You get shut out. You'll be trapped. The Greek word for offense is scandalon. Scandalon is a stone that you can trip over. It's a little stick that you set a trap with. When I was a boy in Moline, Illinois, with some neighbor boys, I watched them and learned how to trap a crow. Back in those days, we had metal uh, milk crates. Who knows what I'm talking about? Imagine a box, 18 inches by 18 inches, like a cube. And we had it open side down to the ground and tilted it up and put a stick under it to hold it. So imagine an 18-inch square cube tilted up with uh, you know, wire. It's made of metal and resting on a stick. And then a string was tied to the stick and stretched about 30 feet or more away out of sight of crows. And then we got bread and broke it up into pieces and made a little bread trail, like Hansel and Gretel, going up inside that metal milk crate. And sure enough, here comes the crows and, one, and start eating the bread. And one hungry crow followed the bread trail right inside the little box, and we jerked the stick with the string. Bam! Trapped us a crow of that little stick. That's the scandalon. That's what offenses are. They trip us up. It's impossible that offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they come. When we get offended, we run the risk of becoming offenders. I already said this, but let me say it again. The most offensive people are highly offended people. So it's important that we Take heed to ourselves, which my third truth to know is know that we have responsibility in this matter. Verse 3, take heed to yourselves. The fourth truth we need to know is we must know to confront those who hurt us. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If someone offended you, tell the person, not the world, not some sympathetic ear, tell them. Maybe you're a mercy-motivated person and it's like you're a magnet for offended people who tell you all their stuff. You know what they're doing to you? They're abusing you. They're dumping on you so they can feel better. Meanwhile, they still leave offended. You help them to survive another day. I can't believe... Do you see what they did today? I don't want to offend anybody, but you're not helping the matter. You're feeding the matter. Well, I don't want to hurt them. Do you know some of the most aggressive people in the world play the victim card all the time? They use, they weaponize their hurt and are beating everybody else up with it. That's not good. They're trapped, and we must get away from it. I think it's Proverbs 18.1 says, Make no friendship with an angry man, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. You want to get trapped? Just keep on listening. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Just, just ask the Lord to give you a phrase. When they start in, say, Lord, give me a phrase to say. And then just become monotonous at it. They're being monotonous. 
So stop trying to come up with new, new truth to apply. Well, let's try this. No. Have you done what I told you yesterday? No. What did you tell me? I told you, go to the person. And if it doesn't work, I will go with you. Have you done that yet? No. Well, when you do, call me back. Bye. I got to go. Just do it. 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 You do them a favor. You do yourself a favor. Take heed to yourselves. We have responsibility in the matter. We must confront those who hurt us. We have to. Well, they should just know. Well, they don't know. Another parable the Lord told, a metaphor, he says, if you see someone with a speck in their eye, get the beam out of yours and then go deal with the speck that is in theirs. It doesn't say leave them with the speck. Get the beam out of yours so that you can effectively minister to that situation. If you're truly merciful, that's what you'll do. A truly merciful doctor will not keep putting Band-Aids on cancer. They'll do what they can to get it out, right? When I got a splinter in my hand as a kid, if it was real deep, Dad did it. He used his pocket knife. If it wasn't so deep, Mom did it. She used needles. They didn't just put Band-Aids on it. Oh, it'll feel good when it stops hurting. No, they're hurting. They're hurting. In fact, why don't you not wait till that person calls you or comes to see you? Go on the attack. Hey, you remember what we talked about yesterday? Here's what you need to do, and call me when you get it done. Just do it. Let's, let's clean house, amen? We must confront those who hurt us and help others who are hurt to confront those who hurt them. Then we must forgive the offender. Could it be people don't confront because they don't want to forgive, they want to hold on to it? Who's ever had a rock in their shoe? Is it pleasant? What do you do? You get it out. Who's ever had an eyelash or something in your eye? Do you run around and just blink all day and tears streaming down, snot running, blowing your nose? Yeah, I got something in my eye. No, you do what you can to get it out, right? Why is it we are so content with live with things in our hearts and our minds and just hobble through life trapped like, like we don't have any choices in this matter? Take heed to yourself. Yes, but it involved my child. Yes, well, the cross involved God's child. Yes, but it was highly offensive. Yes, but the cross involved many offenses. The ultimate of sins, multiple sins, conspiracy, treason, slander, lying, breaking the law, <laughs> kangaroo courts, all sorts of things, betrayal. Abandonment was involved in that offense. But through it, salvation has come to the world. Are we as free as Jesus died to make it? That's the question for today. We must forgive the offender. Number six, we must do this as often as necessary. If he sins against you seven times a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Well, you're on thin ice. That was six and a half. It ought to be seven, but I'm giving you a half. 
Well, Peter, I'll talk like Billy Bob now, all right? Peter was keeping count, right? One day in, in Matthew 18, he says, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother? Seven times? You know, I was taking notes. Jesus said, depending on your translation, one says, Jesus said, up to 77 times. I like the old King James better. Up to 70 times seven. That's 490 times. Is he really talking about taking count? Seven's a perfect number. However many times it takes, be reconciled with, to your brother and sister. Well, I tried and they won't apologize. Well, that's when you take someone trustworthy with you. Well, they won't do it. I can't find anyone trustworthy to go with me. Maybe a problem right there. Maybe somebody's just consoling you and they really don't want to help you. We need to know that we do have enough faith to do this. We have enough faith to obey. Matthew 18, the Lord says, if someone's committed a trespass, go to the person alone. Go to them alone. Not the world, not somebody else. Alone. Say, this is not right. If you do otherwise, that is disobedience. Jesus said, go to the person alone. And if it doesn't work, then take someone with you. If that doesn't work, then get the leadership of the church involved. He was talking to church leaders when he said it. He said, tell it to the church. But he didn't mean get up in church and tell everybody's dirty laundry. Churches that do that are a little bitty. They're sick places. It means go to the leadership of the church. Say, listen, we've got a situation here that needs to be reconciled and get it done. And if that doesn't work, then, then the leaders will deal with it. Does that make sense? So we're talking about living lives free of offense. Know that we should express the faith we have. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots, be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Years ago, when I was a, a baby Christian, I studied this verse and at the time, I thought, I'm going to try it. I had something embedded in my eye just outside my iris. It was in this eye, just to the right side of the iris. You could see it, this black dot. And I couldn't get it out, and it eventually stopped hurting. It was just there. So I, by faith, spoke to that and commanded it to come out by the roots in Jesus' name, and it didn't. But I thanked the Lord for hearing my prayer, and I stopped worrying about it. And one day, I'm driving my car, I'm praising the Lord, Christian radio is on, I'm singing a song of some sort, and I feel something land on my cheek, pop. And I looked in the mirror, and that dot was gone. It had fallen on my cheek. Let that be a metaphor. Speak to the offenses in your heart. They have to go. They have to go. They do. Well, what do we do if, if I confronted the situation, I took someone with you, and it all backfired on me, and um, I got put out the church, or they got put out the church, or whatever happened, happened. 
here's the key. This is extra biblical, but I think it makes sense. Make room for Jesus in the situation. Don't put yourself in a situation where you continually get offended, where you continually get abused. Make some distance and let the Lord deal with things. I've been pastoring here since 91 in this city, and I've seen so many situations turn around. So many pastors leave cities because of people only to face the same kind of people in the next city. I don't know how many pastors a day are leaving the ministry because of people. Whereas if they just stay, they would see, you got to give God some time, right? He created time. He uses it for his purposes. It ripens fruit. It matures children. It gives value to antiques. Time. So make room for Jesus. Don't slander. Don't retaliate. You'll see God do a miracle. You just will. You just will. We should express the faith we have, and the Lord will do it. The ninth thing we need to know is we need to know that obeying this command is our duty. When you have done all those things which you are commanded, say we are unprofitable servants, we have done what was our duty to do. This is it. Well, I'm going to change churches. Well, you do that, at least say goodbye. But trust me, this truth is going to go with you. Hopefully you're not going to change religions. Pick up some other holy book. This is here. This is Jesus talking. God's word made flesh did not come to the earth and speak meaningless platitudes. I'm going to change the channel. I'm going to hit. Some, somebody may be reaching for their remote control right now. It doesn't work. This is real time. And number 10, know our disobedience to this will rob us of many blessings, embittering and trapping us. Scandalon, a trap, set you up. John Bevere wrote a book on this subject called The Bait of Satan, where I'm inspired to preach this series of a little book called Unoffendable by a national Christian DJ named Bran Hansen who gets offensive phone calls and emails every day. And he had to learn this truth or his ministry would have destroyed him <laughs> because of natural exposure. He's just full of judgmental people out there who jump to conclusions and label him and all kinds of other things. It's a good book. Bran Hansen, Unoffendable. Check it out. Um, who wants to be as free as Jesus died to make us? All right. Here's the bonus point. It's not in the notes. But know the leper's cure. Know the leper's cure. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. 
And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. The lepers called out to the source of their healing, Jesus, help me. And then on their way to obey the word, they were healed. What does leprosy have to do with being offended? Well, lepers were quarantined. They were separated from people that they could have been close to were it not for leprosy, right? Offended people often quarantine themselves. I'm not going to have anything to do with them. Leprosy could be contagious. Offended people love to have people also offended. And misery loves comfort, so lepers would hang out with other lepers. Offended people love to hang out with other offended people. So you see the parallel? But the answer was in calling out to the Lord. He told them to go show themselves to the priests. One came back to give thanks to the one who was going to be the priest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So Jesus is the great high priest. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. You talk about offended, offenses. Talk about being tempted to be offended. My daddy used to sing a country song. He could have called legions of angels to help him. He could have called an army to stand by his side, but he so willingly gave us the pathway to Calvary and for our sins and this world he gladly died. He was tempted in all points as we are, highly offended, offensive stuff, yet without sin. So he's able to empathize with us. Well, Lord, I'm being slandered right now. Offenses are going on right now. He can empathize with that and give you the grace that you need you and I get the opportunity during those times to get to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. How well do you want to know Jesus? The real Jesus or the storybook Jesus or the comic book Jesus or the homeboy Jesus or the Jesus of the Bible who suffered for us and came through it victoriously, able as our high priest to help us. Your situation is not unique. It feels unique. It's unique to you. But in comparing to the sufferings of Christ, get to know him in the fellowship of that. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need.
This is so important. The leper's cure is the offended's cure. The offender's cure. He forgives sinners. Sins are unforgivable, but sinners are forgiven through what Christ did for us. All right, look with me at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 through 17. Pursue peace with all people. Can you say everybody? everybody. Pursue peace. That's, you're not pursuing conflict. You're not pursuing vengeance. You're not pursuing your own justification. Jesus did that for us. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Who wants to see the Lord? Who wants the Lord to be seen in us? Can't happen without holiness. Looking carefully, here's how we do it, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. We have to deal with this, saints, otherwise our offense will become bitterness. And a root of bitterness will bear fruit. Many folks will be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator, that's an unfaithful person, or profane person, that's not pure, like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. So for one bowl of soup, he traded his birthright to his tricky brother. How many of us are trading blessings, destiny, ministry, fulfillment, fruitfulness, because somebody hurt us? Don't be like Esau. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to become unoffendable. But when we are offended, help us, Lord, to recognize it and to deal with it. Help us, Lord, to take heed to ourselves because you are worthy of a bride that is making herself ready. Lord, purify our hearts. Lord, we're sorry for plain church. We're sorry for being religious. We're sorry for holding on to grudges. Lord, we're sorry for our prejudices. We're sorry for hypocrisy. Lord, we're sorry for our lack of love for others. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see that we're all fallen people outside of what you did for us on the cross and that we have been redeemed and we are being renewed. We've been re re reborn and one day our bodies are going to be replaced. But right now, Lord, we're being transformed like metamorphosis, Lord, from glory to glory. Lord, we pray that you will continue conforming us to your image. In Jesus' name.
Yeah. 